Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's that time of year. In-law season. But I'm ultra prepared with Auto Bell Car Wash. The team will have my car so clean inside and out, I'll enjoy a judgment-free ride with my in-laws. Right now, buy one Super Poly Process Wash and get one 40% off online at autobell.com. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, Reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game, and it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell here with you. No Preston today. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on Carolina's just completely unexpected 63-38 to win over Tennessee uh, when he gets back tomorrow, especially the defensive performance, which, uh, of course, the offense steals the headlines here, but Carolina's defense did more than enough to win this football game for the Gamecocks. The DBs, Jalen Hyatt, didn't have the game people were expecting. Cam Smith uh, was excited about that after the game, I think it's fair to say. It was just an all-around unbelievable performance, completely unexpected. Chris? Hi. Like what? Where Where do you want to start? I don't know. We, we, we've hit on a lot today. I, I just, I still don't understand really what happened. I've had all sorts of people texting me that are not Carolina football fans and don't care about Carolina football. They were like, what happened? And I was like, I was there and watched every single snap, <laughs> and I do not know. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think it was just kind of a perfect storm of, just everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, like Tennessee, it was the first time they had played in a night game on the road. Did that have anything to do with it? I have no idea. We went through that last week. Like their road record, like they hadn't played as well in one or two of the road games they had. One of their road games was a 40 to 13 win in Baton Rouge, but that was during the day. South Carolina, obviously, offensively. Just about every single thing that could click, clicked. And that still doesn't even scratch the surface of what we ended up seeing in terms of the offensive explosion. But if you're just going to, if you're going to give like the biggest picture possible view, that's the only way that I can kind of square it in my mind is just every single thing clicked. Um, And and we can unpack that, you know, more as to like some of the whys. I, I tried actually earlier today to write down about 10 things that happened offensively for South Carolina to be able to explode like, like that. Like plays or kind of characteristics things, within performance? Characteristics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I came up with about 10, I think. Um, 
And I, I think just all those things considered, and, and each and every one of them happened. And then something you touched on, the defense played quite well also. And it wasn't as if Tennessee had limited possessions. South Carolina was scoring a lot. Tennessee got a bunch of possessions. And the Tennessee defense ran more plays than Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they still ran a lot of plays. And, and you know, if you go into a game and say, you know, hey, Tennessee's going to run, what did it end up being? 78. 78, yeah. Tennessee's going to run 78 plays. What do you think? You're like, that's probably not good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but come away with 38 points. So, um, I don't know. E- everything clicked. There's a lot more to dive in into uh, beyond that, obviously. But, I mean, we we all talked about how it was going to be the reason I did not project South Carolina to win the football game is even if they played well, very well, it was kind of hard to envision them. It was very hard to envision them being able to keep pace. And as it turned out, they not only kept pace, they completely blew Tennessee's point total out of the water. Carolina scored 18 touchdowns in their previous seven SEC games combined. They scored nine on Saturday. Who who is the best individual performer Saturday night, Wes? Number seven. Okay. Um, easy, right? Lots is it? Of, is it easy? <laughs> yes. My opinion. Yeah. Yes. There, there. I feel like three made a good there, case for himself. There was a. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Really, honestly, the entire team deserves credit for this win. But um, when we were having that discussion about if you could put a magic wand on the offense or defense, <laughs> we didn't think we would actually get to see it play out in real time. What mm-hmm. would happen if that were to happen? We quite literally saw yeah. the offense play at its highest possible peak performance. Um, I have been following South Carolina football since I was a kid. Um, the only time I have personally seen a quarterback look better than Spencer Rattler on Saturday was Monday morning when I was re-watching <laughs> the game from Saturday yeah. on the TV copy. That's a good Because... One. <laughs> it was imp- it was impressive to watch it in person, yeah. and it was equally and then a touch more impressive. He, I don't know if he missed a throw. That's what I'm wondering. So I, I I've I've only made it. I haven't made it through the first half yet. He was thirty at thirty seven. There were at least a couple of throwaways in there, a couple of drops, a couple of just good defensive plays. There were no just straight up misses, honestly. And um, he he did everything. Now. You also, again, I, I give credit for the entire team. You got to credit to the O line. You got to give credit to the receivers. The you protection give to the was tight ends. incredible the um, whole game. But Spencer did a, a literally perfect job at navigating the pocket as well. He knew when to throw away. He knew when to escape to throw. He knew when to escape to run. He knew when to step up and keep his eyes down the field. The two dig routes he threw. Um, Late third, early fourth quarter. One was on a third and 20. It was the same exact play. Um, and it was that, they call that mesh route on third down all the time where it's two shallow crosses, um, sort of crossing paths. But they had the dig route, the deep dig behind it. And you can't throw that, you cannot complete that play unless you have great protection, which they did. And on both the it was like identical plays. They they literally put them side by side on the ESPN broadcast. Spencer kept his eyes downfield, navigated the pocket, stepped up, and threw two lasers 
down the middle of the field. One of them was a little bit low. Uh, Juice made a great catch. But mm. um, just e- everything was going. I thought um, one of the best game plans I've seen at South Carolina, one of the best executions overall I've seen at South Carolina. Um, they had everything working. I thought a big difference was they took easy access throws as well. Um, built in a couple of quick outs to the tight end. You had um, an early throw you know, uh, to Trayvon Kenyon, a couple of early outside throws or, or late outside throws actually to uh, to Nate Atkins. Um, little quick hitches to the outside when Tennessee Tennessee started playing off a little bit in the second half and they just took what was there, the little short curls or quick hitches to the outside. So can I pause you there? Because we heard in the offseason about a controlled passing game and kind of speculated what that was going to look like. And so far for most of the season, Carolina's short passing game has been almost exclusively screens. And I remember after the Missouri game thinking what Missouri did is what I consider to be a controlled passing game. What Georgia does is a controlled passing game. And this is the first time that I think we've seen Carolina's offense take advantage of that. If you want to throw a quick, that's fine, but it doesn't have to be a screen. Like you said, it can be the outs of the tight end. It can be the hitch. You know, it was, uh, you know, Juice running a comeback on a little play action boot. Um, and Rattler actually in- even ended up under pressure. But, you know, there are ways to create easy throws and nice little gains here and there that, that like, the why of this game is really why hasn't this happened, but what you're pointing out is exactly what I feel like has been missing from this offense for most of the season. Yeah, I agree, and I'll um, credit to uh, my buddy Michael Beckham, who's also one of our moderators on GC. Um, th- this was actually very similar to what we saw the first half of the Vandy game. Like, that that was the game you can sort of compare it to. Now, they, they had a bunch of penalties in the second half. They had a shot for a huge offensive performance if you look at what they did in the first half, and it just didn't happen. So it, it was very similar in terms of creativity, aggressiveness, moving the ball all over the field. Um, they scored on now, uh, on that double post concept yeah. to Xavier Leggett in the Vanderbilt game. That was the same play they ran to score Josh Van's first touchdown. So it was a lot of the same plays. Even. Um, so this was the Vandy game on steroids, I think. And that, that play is actually very um, – the one they scored on to Van is very Spurrier, Staple, Mills play-esque. And that's where you – they detailed this as well. That's where you run that dig route underneath uh, the post over top, mm. and it takes the safety away. You're yep. reading if that safety is going to take away the dig, which is like I think normally a 16, 18-yard type end cut, and then you run the post over top of it. So it's kind of a high-low read. And um, But Spencer, to get it back to that point, Spencer just made the right decision. Um, I would dare say all, all game. I mean, he, he just – he was – he was NBA Jam, on fire. He was, uh, I don't know what the kid's super scion mode or what. Like, he he just was in the zone. Like, I, I've never, like, th- this is the Spencer Rattler go-off game that we talked about all season. Like, there, hey, there's always a chance that Rattler just goes off. Mm-hmm. Um, this was that game. Tennessee had no answers. And um, they started, it seemed like in the second half, that third and 20 I'm, I'm referencing, um, they they didn't trust their guys to play coverage against Carolina's uh, receivers. So then as the game went on, they started dropping back into zone, it seemed like. And Carolina ripped them on that as well. Early on, it was a bunch of one-on-one 50-50 balls. Receivers got the better of the 50-50s, so they dropped back into zone. 
Carolina ripped them on that as well. Well, and it, was, it helped tremendously that Tennessee wasn't really able to generate pressure. It was 44 drawbacks, I think nine pressures for South Carolina. And a couple people, you know, like watching the game sit next to Heath, you know, pointing out that they weren't bringing pressure. They brought a little bit of pressure, but it's not like they were just straight rushing up front. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a lot of pressure. Uh, they, you know, they ran some twists and things like that at times, but the, the protection was perfect. And, and like you said, Spencer navigated the pocket better than he has in any game this season. And that, like, if you're not going to get pressure and you have a guy like Spencer Rattler back there, he's going to pick any zone he sees apart all day. Yeah, he, he ripped them. And um, a lot of people asking, is it a different scheme? Is it a different offense? I mean, it's it's very, very similar to to the offense all year. It was called more aggressively. There's better protection. Um, and, again, they incorporated much better this sort of easy access throws, I, I think. But, um, you know, I think um, you look, man, it, it literally, if you look at the first half of Vandy, people saying it's completely different, it's completely different. First half of Vandy, that was a very, very similar. This was just um, on steroids, I think. So I'm, I'm going to run through real quick. I said I had like 10 things. Wes actually hit on a few of them. Aggressive mentality, which he said. More, a little more to carry on, Joiner. Mm-hmm. Three, I'll clean this one up. Screw it mode with some gadget plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that kind of goes to number one. Number four, this is actually a big one. No check with me from Spencer to the mm-hmm. sideline. Yeah, they freed. This is something we observed and we heard. They freed Spencer up a little bit more just to go out there and play. Okay, that's a big one. Number five, elite protection. Y'all hit on that. Six. Enough from the run game this time. Mm. Wasn't amazing. Manufactured it. They manufactured it. They got some up-the-middle runs yep. instead of getting stuffed. Three yards, five yards, seven yards. And and the timeliness, you know, I, I think, and I I haven't, I didn't check this specifically, but it felt like Carolina was throwing often on first down, but it was first and ten, second and three, run for three, and mm-hmm. pick up the first down and keep the sticks moving. So yep. it wasn't just the, because it, fe- it feels like this has been a very run-heavy team on first down. They kind of, someone mentioned last week, you know, going against your tendencies. I think that was a, I think that was a really good time to go against your tendencies. Yep. And I think that goes a little bit aggressive mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, where was it? Okay. Enough from the run game this time. Uh, number seven, great one-on-one plays. We saw a bunch of receivers coming down with one-on-one balls, breaking a tackle. Um, Juice Wells, Josh Van. Juice Wells, Josh. Atkins getting involved. Jaheim yep. Bell, great game. You yep. get like running as far as you can possibly run for an eight-yard game. <laughs> yes. Um, number eight, some bad defense by Tennessee at times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number nine, some good fortune on a couple calls and penalties. The Spencer Rattler, one of the sacks was wiped out. Mm. Uh, they got down Over near. Over hands I, to the face, maybe? I think that was it. Well, down near the goal line, they had. Uh, he threw a ball, one one of the very few balls that he missed. It was kind of a back shoulder that oh, was short right. of the goal line. Yeah. I think that might have been the hands for the face. I think that was only like first or second down anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even even the Jaheim Bell drop, probably the best ball Spencer threw all night. I mean, could, handed it to him from mm-hmm. 30 yards away. Jaheim couldn't come up with it, but a holding penalty, right? So they got another dial. That, and then number 10 was just Spencer was just amazing. So, I mean, there are 10 things right there. The uh, the only thing I can disagree with, and I can't even disagree, I just could sit here and argue. I feel like there were like 10 balls I could have said were his best yes. throw. Than, yeah, like, I yes. threw that out open-endedly yeah, earlier. Like, what was your – there were so many to choose from. Actually, we got to hit a break here, but but think about it. Just think about what your favorite Spencer throw was of the night. I have a nomination. I want you all to hit us too, 803-404-6100 on Twitter. 
uh, too. Ab Pearson Fowler, Wes Mitchell, GC, and GC Chris Clark. Any thoughts that you have from the game in general? I also want to know specifically what your favorite Spencer throw was from the night. Unbelievable. The the performance the Carolina fans have been waiting for. Um, the, the question now becomes, is it replicable? But at least for today, we'll just focus on the Tennessee game and, and what was and what was almost a perfect game for South Carolina's offense and for Spencer specifically. 803-404. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. It's true for the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about 500 bucks a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members now. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yeah, they can handle your bills, too. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, before November 30th, they will waive your new member fee. So you're going to save even more. MediShare is the gold standard in healthcare sharing. And joining right now makes a lot of sense. Again, pay no new member fees if you join now and start enjoying great savings and a great way to handle your health care. Call now, 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. The World Tournament of Soccer happening in Qatar is finally here. And with all the weird kickoff times and all the other sports happening simultaneously, it can be kind of hard to keep up. So to make sure you're up to speed, be sure to listen to Qatar Kickaround for the daily wrap-up of all the action from the tournament. From the group stage all the way to the final, Andy, Lars, and Peter are here for you with recaps and opinions of what happened that day in Qatar. Everything can be found at thekickaround.com, the Cumulus Podcast channel on YouTube, or wherever you listen. 6100 Gamecock Central Takeover Hour continues. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 21 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, a reaction Monday in Columbia. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Chris, Wes, Pearson here with you, trying to make sense out of Carolina's 63-38 to win against Tennessee. Unforeseeable. Anybody, well, let me say it, not, not anybody, almost anybody calling their shot today. It's crazy. If you told me Carolina was going to win, if you said, I'm a time traveler from the future, Carolina upsets Tennessee Saturday. I would have said, okay, stranger things happen. Upsets happen in sports. How, how many turnovers did Tennessee have? How many special teams and defensive touchdowns did Carolina have? If you came to me and said, I'm a time traveler from the future, and Carolina beats Tennessee 63-38, to 38, and they score on every single real offensive possession except for one, a touchdown, I would have checked you into a mental institution and said there is no such thing as time travel. Yeah. The the way the game played out was, you know, very hard to believe. Let let me just say, this um, this game, and, and I love movies and I love TV series as much as anybody, but this game is yet another example of why sports are better than movies because because there's always a chance 
Like the the if you're watching a movie, you know the good guy's gonna win in the end. Sports That's not true. Sports that is true. You just watch the wrong movies. Um, sports. How how many people out of the seventy eight thousand people that were in that stadium legitimately walked in thinking this is the night South Carolina wins this game? One. Cam Sam- Smith. You know, I, I'm I'm talking about in the stands. Like it. <laughs> This, this is why you watch sports, because for every single time you walked into that stadium, you tailgated, you had your pregame beers, you got your big spread going. For every single time you went in there and watched your team get beat by the number five team in the country and sat through it and drove back home and sat in traffic, it's for the chance to watch your team mm-hmm. do that. If you knew it was going to happen, if it happened every time, it wouldn't be special. So that's to me is why you just never know with sports. And it it was such a weird day. We talked about on buy or sell would a top ten team in the college football playoff go down. For one, we didn't think it'd be this game. For two, all the teams that needed dubs had to. I mean, we're in trouble yeah. all day long. Well, I don't, I don't know like. if I texted you or if I texted somebody else, but as soon as Vanderbilt started beating Florida, I was like, Vanderbilt's going to beat Florida, Kentucky's going to beat Georgia, Carolina's going to beat Tennessee because it's just that kind of game. You know, Ohio State eking out the Michigan win, Michigan – or no, uh, Ohio State eking out the Maryland win, Michigan eking out the Illinois win. Like, it was just points galore all day. Let me ask you, though, when – did the possibility of South Carolina winning the football game enter your brain? I mean, the the possibility when they when they scored on their fourth straight <laughs> drive of the game to start the game. And here's the thing: I I think we got to start talking about Williams Bryce Stadium at night, seven and zero, as one of those places where. Dreams go to die. If if something if something <laughs> positive happens early for the Gamecocks in these games, and the fans have a reason to stay in it, mm-hmm. um, Hendon Hooker. By the way, hope he has a complete and total recovery. Love watching the guy play. Competitor, amazing competitor. He missed some throws he normally makes, and I think that was because of. The atmosphere, because of the pressure Carolina was able to put on him as far as game flow goes offensively. Um, the real question, because you, you had to, and I'll give credit to the staff as well for Carolina, you had to manage this game. You're up 17, up 14, up 11. You had to manage this game like it was tied, even if you were up mm-hmm. two or three scores, because you know how fast. They proved that their first offensive drive of the game. They can score like this. The tempo is ridiculous to watch in person. Yes, it's insane, and I think um, a lot of coaches, a lot of teams would have sort of been like, all right, we have the lead. It's like coaches can't help themselves. Just try to salt it away. Get a little bit too conservative. Carolina had the gas down right all the way up to the the tack-on touchdown at the end. Frankly, I was hoping they would go for 70. Um, It was like a minute to go in that last drive, but they didn't. I mean, it it was just impressive start to finish, the real question is when, not, you know, that you thought they had a chance. When were you like, this is happening? Yeah. I have an answer, but I want to know when you thought it was possible, Chris. I would say, <clears throat> I would say actually, 
possible. And, and so you give a small percentage on that, you know, um, 14 to 7 Carolina. Because hmm. you're like, okay, they've scored two straight drives. Yeah. Like, could this be something? Easily both times. Could this yeah. be a thing? And then it's 21-7 after the first quarter, and then you're even more so. Now, I kept, like, vacillating during the game between are they going to win mm-hmm. or is Tennessee. So, Wes and I talked about this yesterday, just just us two talking. Uh, at halftime, you know, South Carolina's up by 11. Tennessee's getting the ball back. You go, okay, Tennessee, they're probably going to come out and score, and and now it's a one-score game if they get a two-point conversion, you know. So it's that that, and then and then it gets to thirty-five, thirty-one, mm-hmm. and you're so like, they All they right. trade punts to open the second yeah, half, right. which is like, well, we saw one punt in the whole first half, and now they're now we got both punters on the field in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, so if Tennessee comes out, they, you know, so when it's thirty-five, thirty-one, you're like, all right, is there going to be you know the correction that maybe maybe you might even expect? Uh, didn't happen. South Carolina scored, and mm-hmm. they scored again, and then they scored again, and yeah. they just kept it going. And so, um, I, I thought that that two minute drill, which for Tennessee is like an eight second drill, toward uh, right at the end of the half to make it twenty four, thirty five to twenty four. I thought that was going to be a backbreaker for South Carolina that they gave up that drive in that moment. I was like, it felt like you needed to be up three scores. They trade the punts for me. The, re- the when I knew they won was. Uh, forty nine thirty one, even even before the the Hendon Hooker fumble, and Carolina taking over on the plus side of the field, that was that was, that was the icing on the cake. To me, they had already kind of logged it because by that point, and here here is my measure of what happened Saturday. At that point in the game, I was talking to DC about the uh, who has the single game receiving record. I was talking to Heath about the most points Carolina scored in SEC play. Terry was looking at Spencer's career. We weren't talking about the game anymore. We were looking for stats. We were looking for history, points scored, points allowed, individual performances. By that point in the game, that, that's that's what we were thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say originally I, I knew after the hooker fumble and then South Carolina punches it in, but, you know, that was fourth quarter. I mean, by the time, I mean, South Carolina scored to make it 49-31, to 31, and that was with little under 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter and Tennessee's down 28 even for Tennessee obviously South Carolina has moved the football basically at will so now you're even thinking which is a a jarring thought right you're thinking all right Tennessee could score four touchdowns in 12 minutes 49 31 so 18 so three scores three scores I'm sorry yeah yeah. so you're thinking okay three three touchdowns puts them up Mm -hmm. so you're sitting there thinking okay even if uh even if Tennessee scores three touchdowns, they can't stop South Carolina's offense. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was like evident at that point. Yeah. Wes? Yeah. What's up? Well, you got to answer your own question. Oh, mine, mine was the Birch um, fumble. That's that's when I was just like, all right, this okay. is over. Because, yeah. um, I mean, those guys, you, you just have to manage the game differently against Tennessee's offense, and Carolina did. So I, I wasn't completely comfortable in saying oh yeah this is happening until that happened because mm-hmm. obviously I mean Tennessee, Tennessee had the ball um, and then it's the double whammy of the turnover and I think we all sort of knew when Hooker went down without contact that's well, that means you're you're probably done yeah so have you seen the Tennessee message board posts that think that Carolina like rigged the field to hurt Hooker or something I've seen some yeah. doozies of Tennessee posts. Yeah, that's pretty good. That, that's that's even more 
that's an even better post, in my opinion, than the than the Texas A and M fan that thought that the fumbled snap should have been a punt. It's next level. <laughs> that wins and losses. So losses break people, you know, in terms of what they come up with. Mm-hmm. I think wins can too. Like mm-hmm. this win has, like people are enjoying it. Um, I feel like they should be enjoying it even more. But it's like breaking people because mm-hmm. they just can't square what they saw. Yeah. So there's just like theories and stuff. It's yeah. like no, they just pretty much destroyed Tennessee. Well, we got a text here uh, saying the only the only like what happened that we're missing is just divine intervention because nothing else could explain that performance. And honestly, it, it kind of feels like that. Want to hear more of your thoughts? Eight zero three four zero four sixty one hundred. Get to a few of you hanging on on the phone lines. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 800-PSALM-16. That's 800-PSALM-16. 800-PSALM-16. You hear that? That's the sound of fresh bacon sizzling on the grill here at Eggs Up Grill. Hear that? That's one of our new delicious grilled melt sandwiches. And that's a burger hot off the grill ready to be served. Mm-hmm. And that's the sound of it being served. At Eggs Up Grill, we serve tasty lunches like mac and cheese bowls, sandwiches, salads, wraps, plus all our delicious brunch dishes. Here you go. Enjoy your lunch. Hear that? That's us being happy to see you. Eggs Up Grill. It's everything to make you smile. More Wes and Chris's thoughts on this game. Plus, uh, I didn't forget, we'll come back around to your favorite Spencer throw of the night next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 36 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Chris, Wes here with you talking about Carolina's 63-38 to win against Tennessee. As many times as I say that, it will never start to make sense. Uh, just, a, I mean, a crazy weekend. The South Carolina women's team winning in overtime at Stanford. The World Cup started. I'm about to throw up. I'm so excited to go watch the U.S. men's national team later. It's been too long since I've gotten to watch them play a World Cup game. Um, point is, God, I love college football. That's the point. That's Wes's point. My that's point my is point. that like, there's just so much. I love college football. Gonzaga and Kentucky yesterday, full NFL slate. There's a lot to watch. It's hard to watch it all unless you have the folks at integrated media helping you. That's a great point. Um, I, I don't have to worry when I go home. Uh, Wes and I are going to do a podcast, but I will be in our bonus room at the house doing the podcast. Now we'll have the World Cup on in the background. Wes, sorry for uh, any interruptions that I may have. But a great setup at the Clark household. Uh, Still no time to get in video games, but if you have a bunch of old video game systems, need them tied in, uh, a bunch of cables that you don't even know what they are now because we don't use them anymore, RCA cables, controllers, 
all that stuff. You can tie them all in together, put them on a switcher. That's what they did for us. Didn't know it was possible. But that's the thing about the guys in integrated media. Michael, Nathan, their whole crew, if you don't even know what you want to do at your home from an audiovisual standpoint, you don't know what kind of TV you need. You don't know how big. Uh, you don't know even where to put it. They can come to your home, consult with you, um, and do a whole home audiovisual system, smart home installation services in addition to that. So smart homes, home theater, audiovisual, TV installation, security and cameras, anything from that standpoint that you need. Visit their website, Integrated Media Inc., that's INC.com, or give them a call at 803 948 Wes, what was your favorite Spencer Rattler throw on Saturday? Uh, God, there's a bunch. Uh, back shoulder throw to Josh Van, complete at the one yard line, dive into the end zone, touchdown. Cool. Very good. Ray says, uh, his favorite was the first Josh Van touchdown, 65 yards on that uh, high low concept you mentioned. Austin said uh, the first touchdown, one inch to the left, and it's deflected at least. Um, says one inch to the right, and Van can't get to it. Honorable mention to his Johnny football impersonation on the touchdown pass to Bell where he rolled right and then went back to the left. There are yeah. no wrong answers, guys. Well, and, and you talked about the improved awareness we saw from him and knowing when to run to throw and when to run to run. I think he had more rushing yards in that game than he did probably in the whole rest of the season combined. But that was a great example where, you know, there's nothing there on the right and you can you can just chuck it out of the back of the end zone. You can try to get like a yard or back to the line of scrimmage with your legs, but to reverse course to go all the way back there and then just, you know, find Jaheim Bell just chilling, honestly, in the flat. That was that was a, a very heads up move. Chris, I want to get your pick in just a minute. Eight oh three four oh four sixty one hundred. Let's go out to the Love Chevy phone line though, where Barry has some thoughts on the game. What's up, Barry? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. All right, I'm going to try and put this thing in it, as a neutral person, okay, in, in perspective and the way I feel South Carolina fans should be looking at it. And anybody that saw the game across the nation the other day, uh, you know, I'm, I could be critical uh, when I need to be, uh, but Rattler played a, I'll use the word, flawless, flawless game. And I know he had help. I'm not going to go into all the offensive line, all this now. I'm talking about Spencer Rattler. He had a game where I think his quarterback rating was 96.9, which is basically flawless, immaculate, okay, immaculate game. And we t- talked earlier about having a breakout game. And, you know, he had a breakout game in Oklahoma. He had a career game, a better than a career game. And I'm going to give you an analogy for the Carolina fans out there who are already calling up worried about the Shatterfield situation. Do I think there was, there was a uh, – change in the process of change calling for that game possibly but let's not discuss the Satterfield situation it's going to play out they're not going to call me they're not going to call you that's going to play out regardless of what happens next week and the bowl game but uh, in 1977 I was at Yankee Stadium 55,000 people in the world there Reggie Jackson hit three home runs in one game to tie a Babe Ruth record I was there it was historic Okay, it was it was the highlight of my life. That game the other night is the equivalent to that for me, and it should be the equivalent of that for anybody who was in that stadium. Seventy-two thousand fans that were in that game were in the stadium for what I deem to be the best game South Carolina has ever played, including the 2010 game against Alabama. More impressive, flawless game, prep prepared, but everybody better take this and realize what they experienced. The 72,000 people that were in that building the other night for that game 
to watch that team perform that well, it is that relevant. I mean, it's just equal to what I said, three home runs, game six to win a World Series for me. So let's appreciate that, okay? And let's not talk about Satterfield. Let's save that for another day. And I would get you guys thoughts. Well, Barry, I appreciate the call as always. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll never probably see anything like that again for the rest of your life. I mean, probably, certainly, if you're a Carolina fan, but especially, I mean, or I would say even just for football fans, upsets happen. Upsets happen. Carolina upset Georgia a couple years ago as a bigger underdog. That line closed at 24.5, I think. This line closed at 22.5. But when you win a game like they like the Georgia game, turnover margin plus three. Rodrigo Blankenship misses a couple of field goals. Israel Mukwamu pick six. That was Carolina hanging on for dear life. If this game had been two more quarters, the final score would have been 100 to 50. Yeah, there, were, there was no mistake in this. And, and so I, I think immaculate is probably a good word. In all three phases, that's, that's as well as you will ever see probably any team football play, any football team play against those odds. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I, I love the word immaculate for it. And, I mean, I, I would invite anybody out there older than me. Well, I mean, is this the finest offensive performance considering the opponent um, for a Carolina offense in school history? Like, I mean, I would love to know the comparison for people who have just been watching ball, you know, for 50, 60 years. Um, you know, I was talking to Tommy Moody uh, before we came on and um, – you know, he had mentioned a, a game or two. I think um, that Tommy Suggs have five touchdowns against Clemson, I think, back in the day. Um, but certainly as far as quarterbacks go, this may be the finest uh, QB performance. And offensively, I'll say this. I mean, and I'm not in any way taking anything away from that win over Georgia. It was special at the time, but this just felt different. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most non fluky 63 points Mm -hmm. I have maybe ever seen in a football game because most of the time if you score that many uh, for one it's against a completely outmatched opponent for two normally there's a bunch of short fields a bunch of turnovers maybe a defensive score a special team score and busted coverages like egregious missed tackles there there was it it wasn't it was just other they had the one short field on the fumble um, there towards the end but for the most part man they were going up and down the field for the entire game mm-hmm. with quality execution. Even when they made mistakes, they had it early on. They had a couple of plays that put them back. They had a great first down play wiped out by uh, an illegal man downfield. Very next play, Rattler throws uh, the touchdown pass to Josh Van on mm-hmm. the post. So yeah. even when they got out of sorts a little bit or had a play wiped out, they came right back, kept firing. Um, I mean, it was throw after throw after throw that was on the money. I think Gwen thought he was an eligible receiver because he was like 20 yards downfield on that. That was hilarious. Apparently, um, he yeah, likes he, to run down the field. Huh? Apparently, he likes to run down the field. Yeah, no, he's just, he's just got like loads of energy. He's just got to get out. But going I mean, even like that, that first drive for South Carolina, fourth and one, they're going for it. Illegal snap, which I've never heard of until Saturday, and they called it twice on Eric Douglas. Um, but that's been what we expect from South Carolina's offense this season. They put themselves in a good position. They shoot themselves in the foot, and then something bad happens. But you go from fourth and one to fourth and six. Credit to Shane Beamer for leaving the offense out on the field and not taking the easy early lead against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And you convert on the fourth and six, and you're off to the races. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's you're right. It, like, there were, every time there was a setback, there was 
they were able to overcome it, which is not what we've seen from this offense most of the year. Did y'all catch um, on the TV broadcast, they said that um, Beamer had pointed out, I guess in their conversations with him, that basically Tennessee's opponent last week, I hope I'm getting this right, um, that would have been Missouri, had basically punted on like several fourth and, you know, five-ish situations. And they basically went in this game and said, we're not going to do that. We're not Now, for them, it didn't actually come down to many of those decisions. But early on, uh, you know, credit where it's due, they said they, they knew it's one of those things. Old school football against normal opponents 35 years ago, ah, let's take the early lead against, uh, it's like a psychological thing. Let's take mm-hmm. the early lead. Field goals were not going to win this game. And I, I think that was, they, they didn't play this game to just keep it close. They played this game to go win it. And uh, I think there's something to be said for that. Well, too. Interestingly, I, I thought a pivotal moment was when Tennessee in almost an identical situation faced with a fourth and six deep in Carolina territory elected not to go for it and decided to kick a field goal. And that represented, you know, yes, just three points, but it represented the difference in a one score lead and a two score lead for Carolina going into halftime. So credit to Shane Beamer for, for knowing that they were going to have to keep their foot on the gas the entire time. Appreciate the call, Barry. A few more of your thoughts if you have them as we wrap up a reaction Monday here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour plus a full recap of our Friday buy or sell next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Ten minutes in front of noon on a Monday morning. Reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Wes, Chris here with you. Preston back tomorrow. Get more of his thoughts on the defensive performance for South Carolina, especially. Uh, Cam Smith, amazing game. Followed Jalen Hyatt. We don't see that a lot. Six catches, 65 yards. But was Tonka Hemingway the best individual player on that side of the ball Saturday? Ooh. Trying to think. He might be Carolina's best defensive lineman. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, and I thought a bunch of guys played well. And, and the fact that so, it's one thing to say, we're going to make Tennessee beat us over the top. <laughs> like you can yeah. say that. It's another thing to execute it. And so, really, everyone in the secondary, Dial, um, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, DQ Smith, Nikki Minwari, who, you know, had an abbreviated stint yeah. in this game. Peyton, Peyton Williams. Williams. How about Peyton Williams coming yeah. in? Hasn't played really all year except for some special teams. It's like one busted coverage. He played it. 50-something snaps in this mm-hmm. game. Um, so just a great job. Torian Gray, you know, very, I think, underrated job with what he's done with this group, too. Lots of talent, but some youth, too. I'd go with Tonka. I mean, there were times he was so disruptive. There were some times where they, just because of how they were playing things schematically up front for Tennessee, they were doubling him, and he still yep. he beat two guys, and and get and get some pressure. So he had a tremendous game. I'll probably bring this up again tomorrow, but there was a sequence, and it ended up being pivotal. I mentioned Carolina holding Tennessee to the field goal was huge, but the only punt of the first half it was first and ten. Tennessee ran Jabari Small. Tonka Hemingway was blocked and still managed to pull down Jabari Small from behind for a two yard gain. The next play is a hold, so it's second and eighteen. On that second down play, Tonka beats the right guard, sidesteps the running back who was in the block, and sacks Hendon Hooker, sets up a third and 28 incomplete pass, and Carolina gets, you know, one of the one of the few stops in that game. Ended up being absolutely pivotal. So I thought he was magnificent on uh, on Saturday night. Um, before we get a recap of buy or sell, Chris, you got to give us your favorite Spencer pass from the night. 
There were, yeah, lots of candidates. Uh, honestly, just a little bit, it's going to sound a little more sentimental pick. I'm going to go with the with the short pass to Jaheim Bell. High, on, the, on the rollback? On the little rollback. Okay. High disrespect level. <laughs> um, just yeah. just illustrated how the whole game went. Just they, they had it covered up. They had the first option covered up. I think the play was going to go to maybe Nate Atkins. He just bought time, threw it to Jaheim, who was wide open. Jaheim jumps over the goal line. Kamal Hayden, number five for Tennessee, who was jawing all game. <laughs> yeah. God, that guy then, talked a lot. Then tried to swipe the ball from Jaheim, who just put it behind his back real mm-hmm. smooth. That was the best one. I was going to pick the second Josh Van touchdown, the back shoulder throw, but yeah. Wes already mentioned that. So I'll give an honorable mention to that first. I think it was the first third down throw to Juice. Tennessee was in zone, and he like squeezed the ball in, passed the linebacker inside of the safety. Um, just the ball placement was on point all night for Spencer. So wanted to give an honorable mention to that. One of my favorite throws. Um, all right. None of us thought this was going to happen. So I'm interested to see what the results were for buy or sell. Also, we got to have Kendall Walsh back next week because she was good luck. Yeah, she has. Uh, she's already texted me and said, can I come back? Her group chat was blowing up saying that because Kendall was in here, that um, that's why Carolina won. So uh, Kendall was invited to Firehouse Subs on Friday, I believe. Uh, Kendall Walsh, my good friend and my realtor, she can be yours as well. The Moore Company, 803-414-3590. As she told you on Friday, it's at Work With Walsh, Twitter, Instagram, and workwithwalsh at gmail.com. Give her a shout. How do y'all feel? Do y'all remember how you did? Well, we, t- we picked five. Did four. Four. I think I was two and two. One of three running backs not named the guys who carry the ball. We'll carry the ball. Everyone bought except me. So, so you're what? the only one that got that right. Carolina Correct. had a lot of different rushers, but not one of those three guys. Exactly. Um, Jalen Hyatt, two touchdowns or more. The GC guys both bought. Everyone else sold. So we're all one and one at this point. Um, college football playoff top ten team will go down um i actually thought tcu was going down this week to baylor this close uh shout out to them for hitting a field goal late um but however everybody bought that did happen Mm -hmm. because it was south carolina except for chris clark who sold you said uh, everybody was one and one i was zero and two after the first two well i was getting three extra credit man um (laughs) south carolina will cover the spread pearson sold Chris sold, Kendall, myself, and Preston bought. And Pearson laughed in my face just for saying South Carolina could score 21. I could feel the ire from behind the glass. He looked me right in the eyes. I couldn't believe it. And laughed at me and was like, this guy said 21, which was still far, 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 far below what Carolina actually did. Not only did they cover plus 22 and a half, they would have covered minus 22 and a half. Yeah, you said 21. They literally scored that, that. On, they scored that on the first three possessions. They tripled that. Of the game. Wow. Crazy. Um, but, yes. So, I think I that got. That was an over for me. I got three of the four. Preston um, got three of the four as well. Yes. But Preston's not here, so. So, he doesn't get to celebrate. So, I will take my moment. Um Wow. What a game. Shout out to everybody. And like you said, man, 
How about the unsung heroes, the obvious guys who played great in this game? Um, you know, we could talk about them all day, but I, I thought uh, Preston Williams coming up big, like you said. I mean, when Neiman Worry went down, I was like, that's going to be tough. Um, you mentioned Nate Atkins, unsung hero. How about Hank Manos? Hasn't played all year long. Mm-hmm. Only played, I think, a drive or two, but steps in, number five team in the country, hangs in there on senior night. Um, Carolina's DBs going out there, just matching up, hanging in there, knowing these guys are going to get their yards. Uh, they tackled very well, which was Shane Beamer's number one uh, key to victory going into this game for the defense. Very good. Congratulations, Wes. And last thing, because it was, you mentioned this just makes you love college football. It was a crazy weekend. I forgot to mention, but you brought it up. The end of the TCU game, 12 seconds, no way to stop the clock. You run the field goal team out there. You hit the game-winning field goal. And after the game, Sunny Ducks is like, yeah, we practiced that on Thursday. It's like the most ridiculous fire drill I've ever seen, an incredibly exciting ending. I, I think we need to go more in-depth to that tomorrow. Yeah, we will. That was, we will. I got a lot of thoughts on that one. It was a wild actually. weekend, South Carolina beating Tennessee. Uh, just the tip of the iceberg if you're a college football fan. Appreciate you all being a part of the show today, as always, for listening Uh, We'll have a lot more on Carolina and Tennessee tomorrow, as will Jay and Terry on the Halftime Show, which is coming up next. You're worried about the economy. Inflation is high. Your paycheck doesn't cover as much as it used to. And we live under the threat of a looming recession. And sure, you're doing okay, but you could be doing better. The Afford Anything podcast explains the economy and the market, detailing how to make wise choices on the way you spend and invest. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.